The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Now it's time to talk about Rashida Tlaib. Of course, she's one of the two Muslim women elected to the House, and our John Nichols spoke with her for the Next Left podcast, our sister podcast at The Nation. John, of course, is The Nation's national political correspondent and a semi-regular on our podcast. John, welcome back. It's an honor to be with you, John. Well, for the first episode of the Next Left podcast, you spoke with the other Muslim woman elected to the House, Ilhan Omar. She's a Somali immigrant representing Minneapolis. Rashida Tlaib represents Detroit. She was born there. Her parents are Palestinian immigrants. Tell us a little about Tlaib's background and her roots in the multi-ethnic politics of Detroit. Well, that's a great place to begin because um, Rashida Tlaib's experience is, as you know, very different from that of Ilhan Omar. And it is a reminder that our Muslim American communities uh, come from many different backgrounds, many different places, many different experiences. And it's kind of remarkable that the first two women who came are, A, political allies and, and friends, but also representatives of these distinct tradition. And for Rashida Tlaib, she comes out of the Detroit area, which many listeners will know, uh, has a very large Muslim and very large Arab American community. Uh, The Arab American community in the Detroit area is both Muslim and Christian, and long history of activism. But in the case of Rashida Tlaib, her activism is, is far beyond just, you know, a religious or an ethnic experience, she comes out of the Detroit area, which is uh, deeply political from a union standpoint, deeply political from a racial justice standpoint. And she's tapped into all of that. And one of the sad parts about how so much of our media covers politics is that she hasn't had that many chances to really talk about all of the issues that she's engaged with and excited about. And so we did discuss a lot of that, including her backgrounds in civil rights and civil liberties, which are really areas of deep passion for her. And so it was just, a, it, was, it was a quite remarkable conversation. I know she's a member of DSA, the Democratic Socialists of America, and an ally of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's also a member. They are the two socialists in the House there's one socialist in the Senate. Remind me what his name is again. I think he's. I think it's Sanders, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and all of them, including Rashida Tlaib, support Medicare for all. She favors abolishing ICE. She's criticized both Saudi Arabia and Israel. And what did Rashida Tlaib do on her first day in office in Washington? Well, she did propose the impeachment of the president of the United States. And we talk about that quite a bit in our conversation, 
But it's important to understand, again, this roots back to Rashida Tlaib as a, a lawyer, an activist, a, uh, a person with, with a deep involvement with constitutional issues that goes back a long way. So she didn't propose impeachment casually. She didn't you know, just show up and say, oh, yeah, I don't like Donald Trump. It's quite the opposite, uh, although she was, had a lot of bravado and, and people noted that. But the reality is that when you talk to her about presidential accountability, uh, she has a, a strong understanding of this. And her concern goes far beyond Donald Trump. Her concern is with an imperial presidency, with a presidency that does not defer to or respect uh, the Congress or, frankly, in many cases, the will of the people. Well, we want to listen to a couple of clips of you talking with her. Set the scene for us here. Where did you tape your interview with her for the Next Left podcast? We did it in her office, and we did it in an afternoon, a sunny Washington afternoon, in the week that she was being attacked by Republican members of Congress, including uh, Congressman Cheney from Wyoming, uh, as well as the President of the United States, who were in this case, radically mischaracterizing comments that she made in an interview uh, in which she had decried anti-Jewish sentiments and and in which she had spoken about the post-World War II era and the arrival of Jews in a safe haven in Israel. She spoke about it in in very clear terms, and yet uh, she was targeted for pretty intense attacks. And one of the things that we try to do with Next Left, we'll talk about the news of, of the moment, but also to avoid the kind of over-focus on the moment, the, over, the of the momentism, as we refer to it, and to, to make sure that we get the full picture. And I must say, too, that just in drawing this picture, she's an incredibly outgoing, enthusiastic, upbeat person who's very welcoming. And it frankly makes conversing with her uh, a delight. Well, let's listen to a little bit of Talib talking with John Nichols here about growing up in Detroit. I mean, if you look at any movement, the ones that really transformed our nation started in Detroit. And it's not just the labor rights movement, but every corner is a reminder of the civil rights movement. Uh, I mean, I grew up learning about Grace Lee Boggs and uh, Mary Mahaffey and I mean all of these incredible women who uh, really led huge fights uh, against not only poverty and injustices in that way, but also even on world politics and on just the basic right to, to human rights. And even to this day, I always tell people, you know, it wasn't just my mom. If you grew up in Detroit, you have mothers everywhere. Uh, every corner, like there's a mother that is raising you, is uh, teaching you to be unapologetic and strong. I, I mean, I remember black mothers in Detroit telling my mother, no, 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 you don't let anybody talk to you like that. You speak up. Like even teaching my mother, who's a new immigrant, to always be strong and be powerful and never to be silent. She mentioned Grace Lee Boggs. That really surprised me. Grace Lee Boggs was a Chinese-American Marxist who worked in black radical politics in Detroit starting in the 50s, continuing right down to her death a couple of years ago. It's fascinating that that Rashida Tlaib talks about her now. Well, I've been to Detroit a lot over the years, and I can tell you that Grace Lee Boggs is someone who really touched so many communities uh, with her 
activism as regards environmental issues, sustainability, uh, and economics. And so I, in that case, Rashida Tlaib is not uncommon. But it's also something else that as a young woman, Rashida Tlaib got involved with the uh, Maurice Sugar Law Center, which is a, a legal project in Detroit with a lot of historic ties to all sorts of activism uh, in labor, civil rights, civil liberties. And so she was very much a part of the, the broad activist community in Detroit. She's into her community. She's into Detroit and Wayne County uh, and likes, likes talking about the people who made their mark. Well, of course, one of the best things about the Next Left podcast is the ways that it goes beyond what you just called of the momentism to look at big picture and historical issues. But you also asked Rashida Tlaib about the campaign by Republicans, especially Trump, to pigeonhole her as some kind of, I don't know, anti-American. Let's listen to her response describing Congress today. This is an institution that is very much broken right now and very much uh, in need of an injection of, you know, looking at real human impact of doing nothing. The fact that there's a sense of urgency for me and many of us, this beautiful rainbow of women that are coming in, we're looking at each other. Many of us are moms. We like fixing things. We want to do something now. And people here are like, that. well, that's just not how it is. Sometimes I feel like I'm like a six-year-old. You know, the six-year-old always asks, why, why, why? That's how I feel. I'm like, well, why? Why can't we move this? Why can't we move this? Isn't that a great thing to say about Congress today? I know. And, and I'll tell you, you, in picking the clips, and I didn't know which ones you'd pick, that, that's a really important one. Because when you talk with Rashida Tlaib, or frankly, many of the new members who've come in, one of their deepest frustrations is the dislocation of Congress, if you will, the fact that it's so wrapped up in finger pointing and accusations and, and a, uh, just an inability of, of folks to work together. And I can tell you that, that for Rashida Tlaib, her default position is one of deep concern for her district. And she represents a very diverse district with uh, people from all sorts of backgrounds. And frankly, with many people who have some real economic and, and social challenges. And she wants Congress to be focused on that. And, and there's simply no question. I, I think she would be very delighted to work with people from across the political spectrum. I think you do hear in that conversation a bit of frustration with, uh, with what Congress is at this point. And then I loved especially your last question. Detroit, of course, is the Motor City, the historic home, not just of Motown records, but of generations of great black musicians. Here's John Nichols talking pop music with Rashida Tlaib. I know politics well enough to know that I would not dare ask you who the best Detroit artist is, but what's rocking you? What are you listening to? Oh, do I don't do? know. I, I, there's been a number of artists. I mean, it's funny. I am not one of those people even remember like who's singing it, but it like resonates with me, but you know, I am old school and I grew up in the eighties. And if you ever talk to my two boys, you know, my son one time asked me, what's that? I said, that's Prince. And, uh, he's like, who's that? I was like, yeah, mommy grew up with listening to Prince. But I, I remember growing up with those artists, um, you know, Lionel Richie and, 
you know, these incredible artists in the 80s. That's the thing about some of us from the from Motown is we kind of attach to these artists that we can grow up and you just can't let go of them. Mommy grew up listening to Prince. Rashida Tlaib, the Muslim Palestinian American woman elected to represent Detroit in the House, she spoke with John Nichols for the Next Left podcast, our sister podcast at The Nation. You can find the full interview at thenation.com, at Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John, thank you. It's been great having you on the show. Pleasure to be with you, brother. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.